<coughs> as we call upon him, he's the only one who can give us this refuge. And this morning, I wanted to share from God's word on fear, on fear. Fear has gripped our nation due to this pandemic. Can we live in peace when we see people getting affected all over our neighborhood and also death reigning everywhere? I remember in 1975, there was a movie that came, an English fear over the city. But at present, there's a fear over all the world. That was a horror movie, but this is really horror we are living in, in the midst of horror. And it's happening all over the world. And it's happening in our country. If you ask me if I'm afraid, I will say, yes, I am afraid. As a human, yes. But over a period of time, I've learned from God's word how to handle fear. I don't say that I, I can conquer fear. It will never happen. As a human, it will always be there. None of us are superhumans. The fear will lie underneath. But in the midst of all this, we can have the grace of God, the wisdom of God to handle it and live a life of peace. Please note that. Peace in the midst of fear. Fear will come back always to haunt us often. A little pain here, a little pain there, or maybe a little bit of discomfort in our bodies, in our appetites, in our sleep. Some thought or the other will come and haunt us. And devil uses every opportunity to cast doubts and fears into our minds. Second Timothy chapter one and verse seven and eight, the next slide, the second Timothy chapter one, verses seven and eight, it says like this, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of love, but of power of love and of self-control. So do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord or of me, his prisoner, Instead, join me in suffering for the gospel by the power of God. Paul is writing to young Timothy and telling him, God has not given us the spirit of fear. There is a spirit of fear, that means. But there is something opposite which God has given us, power, love, and self-control. When the spirit of fear grips us, we lose. We think, where can we go for power? And we tend to become agitated, irritated, impatient. We lose self-control. But God says, God has not given us the spirit of fear, but love, power, and of self-control. And this scripture is telling us in context of sharing the gospel. He's saying, don't fear. God has given you power, love, and self-control. Share the gospel. And you also join with me in suffering for the gospel of Christ. But we wanted to know there is unhealthy fear and healthy fear in this world. You and I have to differentiate between the two. We, we have a call to fear God. That's a very healthy fear. A reverence for God, but definitely not reverence for terror and horror. 
in the bible the saints of god who were too were fearful just because they were, fe they were fearful god did not forsake them instead he worked through their fears and established their faith that's the beauty god worked through their fears he never discarded them he never said them no you're useless but he worked through them think of gideon he was hiding and god looked at him and said you mighty man of valor and called him to lead the army god did not discard gideon and definitely tell you if you and i are living in fear god is not discarding you and me he wants to work through our fears establish our faith and help us to keep our head high in the midst of all that is happening around you and me and for this morning meditation i wanted to go to psalm 56 and before i read the psalm i just wanted to pray father we thank you for this beautiful day we thank you that your word is there for every situation in our life father we can fall on you and we can cry out to you and as we sang you will come and save us father minister to us hide me behind the cross speak to me speak through me speak to us and build us in the midst in the midst of all the pandemic fear and anxiety in the name of jesus we pray amen psalm 56 be merciful to me o god that's the title and then there is a small explanation that is given for the choir master to the tune of a dove on a distant oaks a miktama of david when the philistine seized him in gath i will go back to that later and now we will read the psalm be merciful to me o god for men are hounding me all day they press their attack may enemies pursue me all day long for many proudly assail me when i am afraid i put my trust in you in god whose word i praise in god i trust i will not be afraid what man could do to me all day the all day the long they twist my words all the thoughts on my demise they conspire they lurk they watch my steps while they wait to take my life in spite of such sin will they escape in your anger o god cast down the nations you have taken account of my wanderings put my tears in your bottle are they not in your book then my enemies will retreat on the day i cry for help by this i know i will know that god is on my side in god whose word i praise in the lord whose word i praise in god i will trust i will not be afraid what man can do to me your walls are upon me o god i will render thank offerings to you for you have delivered my soul from death and my feet from stumbling that i may walk before god in the light of life this was written so the choir master it was written to the choir master so that he could gather the people and lead the people in singing a corporate worship and also there is a tune assigned called a dove on distant oaks when i was preparing this i thought i should recommend to pastor sandeep to do his next phd thesis on a dove on distant oaks what it is and uh, then it says it's a miktam of david nobody knows none of the scholars know maybe the next phd somebody can do it miktam of david what it is 
the background of this psalm is given in 1 Samuel chapter 21, verse 8 to 15. 1 Samuel chapter, the next slide, chapter 21, verse 8 to 15. That day, David fled from Saul and went to Achish, king of God. But the servants of Achish said to him, Is this not David, <coughs> the king of the land? Did they not sing about him in the dances, saying, Saul has slain his thousands and David is tens of thousands? Now David took these words to heart and was very much afraid of Achish, the king of God. So he changed his behavior before them and feigned madness in their hands. He scratched on the doors of the gate and let his saliva run down his beard. Just a moment, please. Sorry. <clears throat> Gath is the hometown of Goliath, whom David had defeated earlier. The servants of Achish, king of Gath, <coughs> recognize David and say, this is the same person who killed Goliath, our hero. And 1 Samuel chapter 21, 12, the Bible says, now David took these words to heart and was very much afraid of Achish, the king of Gath. Think of it. <coughs> David took it to heart and was very much afraid of Achish. And this is the background of the psalm. And David writes this song as a praise to God. And I wanted to show you the structural observation of the psalm. We'll go to the next slide. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, verses 1 to 2 talks about the enemy's attack. Verse, verses 3 to 4 talks about David's prayer. And verses 5 and 6 coming, comes back to David's enemy's attack. And verses 7 to 11 talks about David's prayer. And verses 12 to 13 talks about David's victory. It talks about David's. I'm sure you'll be able to get this when you read it carefully you can note it down you can read it and you will understand it better and uh, we know that David was very much fearful not just very fearful but very much fearful that's what the bible says when when a scripture when when there is a word in scripture it has got a meaning here he was very much afraid <coughs> and how did he handle it and how did he handle it that's going to be our study. First one is, I wanted to take you through David's troubles that he faced. And almost similar to what we are now. Psalm 56, verse 1 and 2. Be merciful to me, O God, for men are hounding me. All day they press their attack. My enemies pursue me all day long, for many proudly assail me. He says, the enemies are hounding me. They are relentless. They are at the back of me. They're not giving up. They're pressing their attack to destroy me. <coughs> Whole day they pursue him and also utter proud words against him. Yes, he's caught. He can never escape. He killed Goliath. Now we're going to finish him off. You know, he is a star among the people of Israel. He has defeated Goliath. When I was going through the psalm and when I was reading this part, I was just thinking of a football match where the star player, you know, they keep at least three players to mark him. 
when he gets the ball three players will rush to disturb him and to take the ball away from him and many times we will sit to watch a nice football match to see that oh no the star player is playing it's going to be great most of the time i get disappointed because i find that the two three players converge on him and never allow him to show his skills and here you find that david is in a similar situation he is the star who has defeated goliath now they want to get him and they said let's use everything to destroy him and verse five and six all day long they twist my words all the thoughts are on my demise they conspire they lurk they watch my steps while they wait to take my life when you read the scripture what do you think are we not in the same place like david today this virus is hounding us there is a virus out there as an enemy they are relentless not giving up they press their attack families are attacked all day long danger is there to kill us the psalmist said all their thoughts are on my demise yes the virus is doing its work they conspire we don't know where they are they lurk they watch uh, my steps david said yes we have to watch our steps because it is waiting outside to take our lives and the virus has put a fright inside all of us and we are fearful let's not try to cover this up david told god what is troubling his mind god wants us to be honest with our feelings our fears and our weaknesses god loves integrity and honesty god loves to hear when i come and tell him lord i'm fearful i am anxious lord i don't know how to handle it because god knows in and through us completely psalm 44 verses 20 and 21 the psalmist said if we had forgotten the name of our god or spread out our hands to a foreign god i i would not god have discovered it since good would not god have discovered since he knows the secrets of my heart would not god have discovered it since he knows the secrets of the heart we had forgot we can forget god in the midst of all this fear and the bible says god knows the secrets of our heart so it's very important like david we can spell out to god the dangers that are surrounding us the fear that is tormenting us and god loves us to be honest with him during this pandemic make it a point to tell the lord lord i'm fearful of this what is hounding me david confessed his troubles and even his fears to god he said in verse 3 what time i'm afraid i will trust you he said lord i'm afraid please note his background he was a warrior he confessed to saul before fighting goliath he said i had fought the lion and the bear and killed it with my bare hands amazing courage amazing strength with that courage he goes and fights with goliath and defeats him because of his strength from god but now he is utterly honest when he comes to the fear that has come to him 
because of his enemies. Today, whatever be your struggles and fears, learn to tell it to God. We can be explicit to God, given details. Give details to God. God knows the details already, but he's happy when you and I come and confess it with our mouth. The first step I've learned from the psalm to handle fear is to tell the fears in detail to God. He's the only one who will sympathize with you and me. There are so many times he has told his people, fear not for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, I am your God. I will strengthen thee, I will help thee. So many times he has mentioned, don't be, don't be angry, don't worry, don't be anxious. Jesus knows what we are going through because he went through this path. Luke chapter 22 verses 43 to 44. We, we read that beautiful scripture. Then an angel from heaven appeared to him and strengthened him. Just think of it. Angel comes to Jesus and strengthens him. But look at verse 44. A contrast. And in his anguish, he prays more earnestly and his sweat became like drops of blood falling down to the ground. In the midst of angel strengthening Jesus, Jesus was still in anguish. And he prays more earnestly and his sweat drops like great, uh, drops down like great drops of blood. God alone understands. God alone understands. Jesus in his human form was in anguish. And he had to shed his sweat like great drops of blood. Jesus already underwent that for you and me. In the midst of agony, in the midst of fears, in the midst of all this pandemic. Bring it to God. Don't hide it. Tell it to God. Lord, I'm fearful of my son, my daughter, my husband, my wife, myself. I'm exposing myself. I have to go here. I have to go there. I'm fearful. Tell that to God constantly. Moses, Hezekiah, Jehoshaphat, and all the saints told their troubles and fears to God. Especially when you read about Ezekiah in 2 Kings chapter 19, it's beautiful. Isaiah, uh, Chenasherib threatens him through his messenger. Hezekiah, king of Judah, receives a word of encouragement from Isaiah the prophet. But still, Ezekiah goes into God's presence with a letter and spreads it before God and speaks to God. One of the things that why we are not able to overcome our fears, even to share the gospel, is because we don't take our fears to God. We think it is not my job. It's the job of a pastor, job of someone else. And we keep quiet. It's important for every situation, every fear, take it to God. He takes his troubles to God. And secondly, David's trust. First one is David's troubles. He spells it out to God. And now his troubles. You can read that in Psalm 56, verse 3 and 4 and 7 to 11. 3 to 4, I read. When I'm afraid, I will put my trust in you. In God, whose word I praise, in God I trust, I will not be afraid what man could do to me.
when I'm afraid, he says, the moment I'm afraid, in Tamil, it says, Nalile, the moment I'm afraid, I will trust in you. What he will trust? He will trust in God's promises. In God whose word I praise, God had promised him, you will be king one day, David. But now he is running like a fugitive, a refugee in a foreign land. And he thinks of God's promise and he says, Lord, in your promise, I will praise you. I will worship you. I will connect with you. In God I trust, I will not be afraid what man could do to me. And then in 7 and 8, he says, in spite of such sin, will they escape? In your anger, O God, cast down the nations. You have taken account of my wanderings. Put my tears in your bottle. Are they not in your book? My dear brother, my dear sister, the battle tears of our life are noted in God's book and are filled in God's bottle. It does not mean that God has got a book or God has got a bottle to fill our tears. It's just a poetic language to express <coughs> that God is noting our battle fears and tears in our life. The things that are surrounding, when we take it to God, the Bible says there is a bottle in the book. When I, I tell you again, it's a figurative language. It is a poetic language. But note, for all our battle fears and tears, there is God's bottle and God's book. Then my enemies will retreat, uh, retreat, verse 9. On the day I cry for help, by this I know that God is on my side. Next slide. God is on my side. David says, God is on my side. I wanted to ask you, are we on God's side now? He says, I have an account of my wanderings, tears. Fill that in the bottle. Write it in the book, Lord. And the moment I cry for, the day I cry for help, by this I know that God is on my side. Then my enemies will retreat when I call upon God. Emmanuel, God with us. That's the beautiful promise. Now a question, am I with God? Am I on God's side? God is on my side. In verse 10 and 11, he says, In God whose word I praise, in the Lord whose word I praise, in God I trust, I will not be afraid what man can do to me. He spells his troubles using four verses. But he spells his trust using seven verses. Yes, you and I can tell in detail our trust to God and say, Lord, this is how I trust you. This is my fears. Proverbs 3, verse 25 and 26. Next slide. It says, do not fear sudden danger or the ruin that overtakes the wicked. For the Lord will be your confidence and will keep your foot from the snare. Do not fear sudden danger. Or for a child of God, this is a comfort, a true comfort. I can trust in his love. I can trust in his word. I can trust in his power. And I can trust in his mercy. Psalm 91, 
the first verse, he that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. First is to check, are we really dwelling in the secret place of the Most High? Are we going and connecting with God on a regular basis? Let this pandemic, let this fear, let this situation now transform you and me. Never allow guilt to hold you to say, when everything was fine, you were not with God. Now you're searching for God. That's how the devil will pull you out. But no, God is your father and my father. He will never allow us to wander. He wants to embrace us. If you have never used an extra time to be with God, learn now to come and be with God. You can say, I'm a believer. Oh, I am a pastor. I'm preaching on fear. No matter what, let us go to God in the secret place of the most and dwell under his shadow. Not a namesake dwelling, but actual position, living there. And Psalm is said in Psalm 119 and verse 67, before I was afflicted, I went astray, but now I obey a word. The next slide. Before I was afflicted, I went astray, but now I obey your word. In Psalm 119, 71, he said, my suffering was good for me, for it taught me to pay attention to my degrees. Here is a man who wrote so many verses about God's word in Psalm 119. And such a man was before afflicted. And that brought him to God's word. And then he writes the song, say, before I was afflicted, I went astray, but now I obey your word. You can also have a testimony. Psalm 119, 71, he says, my suffering was good for me. He says, it has turned out to my blessing. Why? Because it is enabling me, enabling me to pay attention to your word, Lord. My dear brother, my dear sister. No struggles are without a purpose for a child of God who is in the school of discipleship. No struggles are without a purpose for a child of God who is in the school of discipleship. When a storm rocked the boat on the Sea of Galilee, Jesus calmed the sea. And through that, the disciples were able to see who Jesus really is. Every storm in our lives has the potential to unlock the glory of God and the power of God where we can trust in his love and his power. When these things are happening around, you and I can learn something about God. You and I can learn something about God and you and I can learn and throw our trust in him. Trust in his love, in his compassion, in his care. And let this uh, situation, let these days make you and me to become closer to God. Closer to God, cling to God. In Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 7 and 8, a beautiful scripture similar to Psalm 1, he says, Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord and whose hope is in the Lord. Trust and hope in God. For he, the person who trusts and hopes in God, will be like a tree planted by the waters, which spreads out its root by the river. 
and will not fear when heat comes. Note that, and will not fear when the heat comes, but its leaves will be green and will not be anxious in the year of drought, nor will cease from yielding fruit. On the top there is scorching heat and sunlight, but underneath the roots are drawing strength from the living waters. Scorching heat, sunlight outside, but drawing strength from the living waters through the roots. And he went on to say in that same, in verse 8, but the leaves will be green and will not be anxious in the year of drought, nor will cease from yielding fruit. Trust I mean is what God will do. Not God will do, but also what God can do. A trust in God. In, Psalm, uh, in John chapter 16, verse 33, he said, These things I've spoken to you, that in me you will have peace. In this world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer, for I overcome the world. What are these things? When Jesus said, These things I've spoken to you, I put the scripture verse 33, 32 in Ulta because of verse 32, verse 33, Jesus is saying, Indeed, the heart is coming. Yes, has now come that you will be scattered, each one to his own, and will leave me alone, yet I'm not alone because the Father is with me. And then he says in verse 33, These things I've spoken to you. Yes, that Father is with me, and you will have peace because the Father will be with you. Trust, an ultimate trust. What does it mean? I just picked it out from the life of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. If you read Daniel chapter 3, verses 16 to 18, this is how they prayed. The next scripture, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. And verse 17, he says, If the God whom we serve exists, then he is able to deliver us from the blazing fiery furnace and from your hand, O king. That is the trust they exhibited in God. If the God whom we serve exists, he is able to deliver. What is the ultimate trust? It is in verse 18. He says, but even if he does not, let it be known to you, O king, that we will not serve your gods and worship the golden statue, statue that you have set up. Even if he does not, we will still trust in the goodness of God. I believe that each one of us have to move into this realm of ultimate trust. I was talking to pastor last Thursday. We had a time of prayer. And he mentioned about the Moravians. How they came from leaving their country as missionaries to Himachal Pradesh, to Ladakh and to other places in the north with a coffin in their hands. It's not that they did not trust God. They trusted God and they left their country, their loved ones, their language, their food, their surroundings. And they come to a foreign land with coffins. Why? If God gives us life, we will share the gospel. If we have to die for the gospel, we are placing our bodies, we are, going, we are willing to place our bodies in this coffin and send it back home as a corpse. 
ultimate trust through all this pandemic, through all this fear, God is maturing us to come to the ultimate trust in God. Lord, you will deliver. You will deliver. But if not, we will still trust you. And I took this out from streams in the desert. Last week, as I was reading through from a meditation, every man must go through the tunnel of tribulation before he can travel on the elevated road of triumph. The next slide, please. Every man must go through the tunnel of tribulation before he can travel through the eleva ele elevated road of triumph. I picked it up from stream Streams in the Desert, compiled by Charles E. Cowman. A beautiful thing. You all have to go through the tunnel of tribulation sometimes. We are reading about revelation. We are reading about suffering. And here, you and I are facing a challenge. But there is also a road of time. The Bible says, as I said in Luke chapter 22, verse 43 to 44, angels strengthen him and it is in anguish and still commits to the will of God. That's the beauty. Angel strengthens and yet he is still in agony, but he commits back to God and says, Lord, not my will, but thine will be done. And you know, this deliverance, this commitment did not lead to deliverance, but to death for Jesus. The Bible says in Isaiah 53 verse 5, next slide, but he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him and by his wounds we are healed. From the garden of Gethsemane to the cruel Roman cross, Jesus had to go through. Jesus had to go through. And 1 Peter chapter 2 verse 22 to 23, he says he committed no sin and no deceit was found in his mouth. When they heap abuses on him, he did not retaliate. When he suffered, he made no threats, but entrusted himself to, to a God who judges justly. I did not put that verse 24 because the Bible says verse 24, Jesus died on the cross. And yet, he brought life to mankind. David was a man after God's own heart. And in the midst of troubles, that causes fears, he trusted God. He made, he had the promises of God, but had to still run for his life. I remember, you know, my cousin who's watching now, Dr. Sheila Sambath, she's a witness to what I went through when I was 23 years old, having fractured my leg in a road accident. I've said this before, I say this again for the glory of God, because I will never forget the experiences I went through. I was in the hospital for two months, six and a half months at home, all alone, struggling. And then I went back to work. I was not able to work. It was very painful. My juniors overtook me in that eight and a half months time. I had to go to my juniors to take work, to get the work, to, to receive work and to do the work. Very painful, physically, mentally, emotionally. I had a good friend who was a believer. His name is Davis. He said, Prem, why don't we begin to pray? 
So both of us will go in the evenings to a nearby church. If you know Chennai very well, George's, uh, Taj Paramental is in Nungabaka Mai Road. You go two bus stops away, there is George's Cathedral. We will take, we will go and meet there in George's Cathedral every day and look to God in prayer and say, Lord, we are young. Our future looks dark and bleak. We are fearful of how it's going to turn out. Please help us. Every day that was our prayer. We will go into the church and pray. Sometimes there will be a wedding or there's a funeral. So we will sit outside on the tombstones and pray. Sometimes the church will be locked. We will sit on the steps outside and look to God and say, Lord, hear us. Friends, God is a faithful God. Things turned out differently for my friend within two months. And after a few months, things changed better for me and I got a job in Bangalore. That's how I came to Bangalore. I always look back and say, Lord, when everything was dark, fearful, anxious, you made us as young people to come and seek your face in prayer. And today, even today, I can say I'm, I and my friend are reaping the benefit of those few moments we trusted God and spending time with God and spelling out our fears to God and anxiety and troubles to God. Your God is alive. My God is alive. David said, the moment I'm afraid, I will trust him. And now we go to David's triumph, David's troubles. David's trust, and now David's triumph. Psalm 56, verse 12 and 13. He says, your vows are upon me, O God. I will render thank offerings to you, for you have delivered my soul from death and my feet from stumbling, that I may walk before you in the light of life. I say David's triumph, but actually it is God's triumph. Maybe David walked to God during his affliction. Now he's saying, Lord, whatever I told you during my affliction, I want to come back to do it to you. He sings about deliverance in the past tense. Note that. As if it is done already by God. For you have delivered my soul from death and my feet from stumbling, that I may walk before God in the light of the living. He has won battles against the lion, the bear, Goliath, and now he is confident the Lord will do it again for him. If you are confused and worried and anxious, think of earlier times that God has given you in your life. Think of those happy moments when God stood with you, gave you victory, protected you, delivered you. And during these times, reflect on them and worship him and thank him. When Ajit was doing his PhD. Suddenly, his scholarship ended. And he said, Daddy, such a huge scholarship as is going to end. I have to apply for another scholarship. I don't know what to do. Pray. In the same room where I'm preaching from, one night, I used to pray for him, but one night I began to pray for him earnestly. And the Spirit of God began to take over and began to tell me from the time Ajit was born, the dangers that he faced in his life. The Spirit of God began to question me, Prem, 
did you handle it for him did you handle it for him did you handle many things i don't have time to spell out so many things i humbly said no lord it was you no lord it was you no lord it was and the lord said think of those and worship me and thank me the rest i will take care within a matter of two weeks he says daddy i've got a better scholarship calling as an a star scholarship the best that is available in singapore god gave him i wanted to tell you my dear brother my dear sister many times we become anxious of the situation we are facing and we forget about the earlier times that god has given to us earlier mercies god has shown us earlier kindness god has shown us and your david <coughs> is able to reflect on that and he says in the in his confession lord you have delivered my soul from death and my feet from stumbling amazing now god has triumphed over all the struggles of david most of us want triumph over our struggles and it is not bad but let let us allow god to triumph over us for us over our struggles that causes fear i love god not that i need victory but lord i want your victory this triumph is god's when we fragile sinful broken weak tell our god lord let your will triumph over mine but actually his deliverance started in verse 4 i believe in verse 4 he said in god was word i praise in god i trust i will not be afraid what man can do to me he began to worship god for the promises god gave him in the midst of fears he strengthened himself the bible said many times he strengthened himself in god strengthen strengthen yourself in god take time and our worship will be meaningful if we will seek our life to be a worship if we realize and acknowledge that god is behind all that we are in life and behind all that happens in our life our worship will be meaningful and we will seek our life to be worshipful if we realize and acknowledge that god is behind all that we have received in life and that all that we are in life now and all that's going to happen in our life in the future for a follower of christ fear should become a fulcrum on which faith will rest upon god's goodness we owe everything to god satan looked to jesus and said if you are the son of god throw yourself down for it is written he will command his angels concerning you and they will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone jesus never gave in to the temptation to use the angel to come and stay to come but the bible says during those times when he did not tempt allow allow this temptation to overtake him angels came and strengthened him but now in the garden of gethsemane in luke chapter 22 verse 43 to 44 the angels come and strengthen him but the angels did not does not protect his feet from hitting against a stone from facing the cross and at jesus triumphed over sin death and satan through the cross it is very important to note 
God's triumphant day is David's triumph. And this is possible because of God's mercy on which David trusted in the midst of grave danger and fear. Verse 1 is so precious for all of us. He starts off saying, be merciful to me, O God. When David was fearful because of men were out to malign him, maul him, murder him, massacre him, David seeks the mercy of God. David recognizes that God's deliverance had a reason and he confesses in verse 13, for you have delivered my soul from death and my feet from stumbling. Why? That I may walk before you in the light of the living. That I may walk before you in the light of life. Through this fearful experience, David realized there is a reason why God has delivered him. That he may walk before God in the light of life. In another translation, in the land of the living. That he may walk before you in the land of the living. That's what the, another translation says. He trusted in God's mercy in the midst of fear. In the midst of danger. In the midst of harm. And then he comes back to say, Lord, you have shown your mercy that I may walk before you in the light of your life. Why? You and I need God's protection during this pandemic. Why do we want to come out of this fearful situation now? For us to continue with the life that we lived earlier? Or is it to, light, to walk before God in the light of life? Ecclesiastes 9.2, the wise man who wrote this said, all things come alike to everyone. He says, to the wicked and to the good, to the good and to the clean and the unclean, to him who sacrifices and who does not sacrifice, all is, as is the good, so is the sinner. All things come alike to all. We live in a fallen world, remember that. But you and I can have the mercy of God. And this is the takeaway that I wanted to share with you. Because God is merciful and is in control of our lives and our situations. We can safely trust in God during these troublesome times and find comfort in the midst of our fears and enjoy his goodness, his love, and finally experience the triumph of God in our lives. I wanted to recollect David's troubles, David's trust, and finally David's triumph. He says, Lord, because when I'm fearful, I will trust in you. Because I trust you, I'm not going to be fearful. At this time, I call upon you, church, to make a commitment once again. All of us will make a commitment to God and say, Lord, I wanted to draw something more from you, your life, your life that I may live this life for your glory. I wanted to draw life from you so that I will have life to live for your glory. 
and God will do that for you and me. He's a great God who does great things for his children. And he's still alive in the midst of pandemic. Let's close our eyes. Look to God. 